Entrepreneurs, we have an exciting show ahead of us as we look into this founder's areas of expertise, which are not overly common on this show, like certain areas. I love getting to add new value to all, and some areas we're going to highlight today are how entrepreneurs can leverage government debt to scale business in a smart way, the do's and don'ts of profit building, using debt strategy like billionaires, how government debt crisis will impact business and how to protect your investments and so much more. Welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show, which is now a top 1.5% global show. I appreciate everyone for tuning in once again, and I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, it's a real privilege to be here, and congratulations on all your success. Right back at you, Richard. This guy right here, he is the author of several books. He had his newest book, The Paradox of Debt, over on Writing with Authors. So head there in the link in bio. He highlights everything about that book and some of his earlier books. But for the purposes of this show, he is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Energy Plus, an electricity and natural gas supply company. He's the co-founder and CEO of two consumer credit banks, First USA and Juniper Bank. It's got a lot of value to add, as well as being a managing partner of Gabriel, Inve Gabriel Investments, excuse me, which is an early stage VC company. So if that sounds like something that you're in, he would be a great contact to have. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll get you his contact info. But a little more on today's guest. He previously served as Secretary of Banking and Securities for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania the chair of the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency, and the board of trustee for Pennsylvania's two largest pension funds. This is a killer episode ahead. A lot of golden nuggets getting dropped for us. And as you can guess, our spotlight story will be on debt. So stick around to the end of the show. It's an article from Entrepreneur Online. It's titled, How Much Debt You Should Put Yourself In to Grow Your Business. And we'll get our guest of honor's take on it. But Richard, we're going to go back in time, the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. What brought you here? Well, I I just kind of backed into my entrepreneurial career. I found we found ourselves in a crisis and we didn't have any choice other than to try to start a business on our own. So that was that was a long time ago. You know, I had a kind of regular old corporate job and then, you know, the economy fell apart and we found ourselves uh needing to do something. So we struck out on our own. Yes. And you did. What year did you actually take off? Oh my goodness. You're talking about ancient history. I think, you know, our first, our first, uh, such venture was in the late 1980s. All right. So among all of these, uh, incredible positions you held with startups through your entrepreneurial journey, what are some of your biggest lessons learned from this journey? Well, the big, you guys know it well. The biggest lesson of all is the lesson of perseverance. Because you're going to get uh, no a thousand times. You know, you're going to get no from, you know, funders. You're going to get no from potential customers. You're going to get no from everybody you confront. Yep. So, you know, if you can't handle no, and if you can't pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move on anyway, You've got no business being an entrepreneur. You're certainly right. And I still have a long way to go. But in the very, very beginning, it's a lot of mainly knows. You're starting something from scratch, zero credibility, brand new. And you have to go out there and claw your way in entrepreneurship. 
We talked about some lessons learned. What do you think some of the more challenging parts of entrepreneurship are? Well, I think it gets back to that same thing. It's uh, ability to handle no, ability to pick yourself up and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think the main struggle of entrepreneurship is with yourself because you have chosen a path that has all sorts of sacrifices associated with it. You're giving up, you know, a, a regular paycheck. You're giving up, you know, safety and security. Mm-hmm. And so your your real struggles are with yourself. You know, can I do it? Should I do it? Did I make the wrong decision? Am I going down the wrong path? Self-doubt and the ability to, to combat self-doubt is, you know, 90% of it. So it's absolutely true. And it's easier said than done at times. But you have to just think of the big picture that it only takes one. That's my quote. I live by one relationship, one connection, one conversation, one sale could change your life and move the needle in a way that you need to. Richard, you've been on this journey now. You're um, let's talk more about what you're currently with. We know you've had a lot, you have a lot of roles wearing a lot of hats. What brought you to the show today? Well, you know, we've had all sorts of good fortune, you know, with many trials and tribulations. I don't want to gloss over this because, you know, it's now 2023 and I've been at this since the the 1980s and I've been in the corporate life since the 1970s. So, you know, it hadn't been a smooth path, but we got to a point where we had, you know, accumulated enough capital that we ourselves have become venture capitalists. So we're kind of on the other side of the table. We're instead of being the, instead of now being the guys that are getting no told to us, we're now the guys that say no, you know, unfortunately, because, you know, the raw facts are in the venture capital world, you look at a hundred deals to say yes to one deal. Mm-hmm. And, and by, and by the way, I'm glad I didn't know that when I was a 30 year old, because, I might not, not ever have had the courage to strike out if I'd have known the ratio was that bad. Well, you stuck in there. And now that you're on the VC side, what's your favorite part of the VC world? But before we get to that, I am excited to share that this summer's episodes will be brought to you in part by speaker coach Cesar Cervantes, specializing in helping you get your transformative message to the TEDx stage. Guaranteed. To schedule your free brainstorming session, visit the link in the show description or CesarCervantes.tv. Well, I mean, there's nothing more exciting than being associated with a company that's taking off. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, 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 you know, worked through the product. They, you know, dealt with whatever the systems issues are, whatever the manufacturing issues are, and they been out trying to sell and they kind of learned to modify the product or the service to the marketplace and they start getting a few customers and then there comes that magic point and it doesn't always come by the way but if they're lucky there comes that magic point where kind of everything lines up and you know they've got a great product that is superior to the competition that has a defendable differentiate point of differentiation. They're mm-hmm. starting to sign up business. And so the issue at that point in time is just pouring it on mm-hmm. and pouring it on might mean hiring more salespeople. It might mean 
spending more money on social media advertising or direct marketing or whatever it is. But the formula is intact at that point in time. So it's just a matter of racking up the wins. Yep. And that's when you see companies start to grow 100%, 200%, 300% a year for multiple years. And to us, that's the most exciting moment. I love that response there. You're riding the journey with them. You're right there in the front lines and you get to see it blossom. I know one of the best parts now that this is year eight is certain things are starting to come to fruition a bit more. Uh, even this podcast right now, we're up in the higher ranks because I get great guests like yourself willing to come on the show, share their story. It's been a lights out show. But before we do hop into that spotlight story, Richard, I love to ask, what is one resource you can recommend to our community of entrepreneurs, whether it be a book, an app, and workshop, something that helped you along the way? Well, I'll tell you one, you know, I you you gave me that question in advance and I had time to reflect on it. And there's, you know, any number of books that y'all could recommend better than I could about, you know, uh, how to start a business and how to sell and all these other things. One of the books that I came across along the way that I, it's one of the best books I've ever read. And I've, I've read literally thousands of books is a book by Martin Seligman called Learned Optimism. And it deals in a very scientific way with this very issue that we've been talking about is that how to overcome doubt, how to overcome negativity and what have you. But this is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania who's approached this. I mean, they, they, you know, this book starts with, you know, their studies of mice in laboratories and then takes those things up to, you know, human beings. And the first half of the book is all the science. And the last half of the book is the application of that science to different disciplines. But it really boils down to how you explain failure to yourself. I love Your this. Inner dialogue. And, you know, Tony, and he gets, he gets really into it, but. You said it was Martin uh, Selig Seligman? Seligman, S-E-L-I-G-M-A. Yeah, I, I see right here on uh, Amazon. I think that as entrepreneurs is just something that affects a lot of us and finding new ways to combat that and put us in a better mindset. I think that's a great recommendation. Thank you, Richard. I am certainly now excited for your analysis here after I read a little bit of this spotlight story. As always, everyone, please scroll down in the episode description to follow along with us on this article. It is from Entrepreneur Online talking about using tips to find the right balance of debt and navigate financial leverage to your advantage. As the article puts, this article is from January 2023. The average small business owner has today nearly $200,000 in debt. While financial leverage is often an essential way to grow smaller, medium-sized businesses, you need to be careful of how much you take on. Here, I'm going to dive into the importance of financial leverage and then some debt ratios. Financial leverage is the use of borrowed funds to increase returns on investment. The main advantage of financial leveraging is that it allows you to control more assets that you could otherwise afford, thus potentially earning higher returns. It can, however, amplify the effects of good investment decisions and weaken the effects of bad ones. Worst case scenario, poor, poor management excuse me, of financial leverage leads to large amounts of debt that may become difficult or impossible to service, so only use after careful consideration. A debt ratio is a financial metric that calculates the relationship between a company's total debt and total assets. 
In general, the debt ratio for medium-sized businesses should be below one, which indicates that the company has more assets than debt. Some other things the article talks about is current cash flow. I just want to use a lot of these terms here that although some of us went to business school, not everybody did. And I want to make sure everybody has a well-rounded takeaway from this article. Where cash flow is considered when your business is growing, it's tempting to take on more debt. But you have to consider this cash flow before making any decisions because if it is already stretched thin, taking on more debt could put you over your debt threshold and then put your business at risk. Instead, consider using other financing options like selling a portion of the business. These options can provide the capital you need without putting your business in a difficult financial position. There are other things we can do, mergers and acquisitions, long-term goals, all of these things. Richard, when thinking about debt for each business, what are some things you could share? What are your takeaways from the article? Well, first of all, I thought it was a terrific article. I appreciate you sharing it because this guy kind of summarizes, you know, what somebody else might have taken an entire book to cover. Yep. This gentleman covers in one article and he gets right to the point and he talks about uh, the the guidelines for how much debt you should have, what's appropriate, what's too much. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I pin that, you know, if you're at the point where you're able to get a loan, well, that's something you should have on the wall. Right. Now, the truth is most startup businesses don't qualify for debt at all. They're, they're in that phase of their career where they're having to raise, you know, either their own money or friends and family money or early stage venture capital money or what have you. And they don't have enough cash flow to even begin to think about debt. Mm -hmm. But if you make it far enough in your entrepreneurial journey to where you've got a little cash flow, to use the term you were using earlier, and you have the luxury to talk to lenders, particularly for things early on, it's going to be for something like inventory yep. or something that, like that. Well, you first of all, congratulate yourself because you reached a, an important milestone in your career. And secondly, heed the advice that this guy gives. And, you know, you asked early on, how do the, you know, how do we use debt? How do the billionaires do it? And all these other things. Well, the truth is the savviest billionaires out there are the most cautious when it comes to using debt. They, they don't sign things personally. They, you know, debt really is contributed by others and they think through all the, the possible adverse outcomes and provide for those so that it doesn't crash back down on them. Mm -hmm. so you'll find that the smartest, wealthiest guys out there are also the ones that are inherently more conservative and inherently more cautious about their own personal risk relative to the debt they undertake. And I think, you know, that's, you know, for billionaires, but the article that you have here on your, as part of the program today is really that same advice for, you know, beginning, you know, borrower entrepreneurs. But I think it is also important to keep the big picture in mind. Like you shared, you want to strive for greatness, strive for improvement. And if you're taking advice from the top, I'm sure it would only benefit you a little bit, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, if the smart guys are cautious. We should be too. I love it. Well, it's been a great episode so far. I'm really glad you got to come on a second show. But before I let you go, which entrepreneur throughout history would you choose to sit down with dead or alive? 
Well, this is going to be a surprising answer because uh, I'm now writing a biography of a gentleman named Thomas Willing, who was one of the original entrepreneurs. He was a contemporary of George Washington. In fact, he was a dinner companion of George Washington and Ben Franklin and others. He was the first bank president. He Back in those, the internet business of the 1760s and 1770s was merchant trading. This was the trading of timber and wheat for rum and sugar and all that. And Thomas Willing had the, you know, inherited a very small firm from his dad when his dad died very young and built it up into the largest merchant trading firm in the United States of America. He started the first insurance, commercial insurance company in America, started the first bank in America, was paying dividends on that bank from its very first year. You know, it started with $20,000. Now, this is in 1754 dollars. It died might with a million dollars. So, you know, he, he had a very successful, uh, was ended up being one of the wealthiest Americans. And he'd be the guy that, uh, that I'd want to meet. I love it. Well, let's delve a bit deeper here, Richard. Where would you make this meeting happen if you had the choice there, too? Well, you know, you and I've talked about this, but I'm in Center City, Philadelphia, just down from uh, Independence Hall, and his house was two and a half blocks away from the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall. So, and there's a, you know, there's all these little places around uh, tavern, you know, uh, City Tavern being the most famous. So we might have an ale at the City Tavern. Hey, that sounds like a great idea. Well, thanks again for hopping on. Where can we find you online? Where's the best place to look for you? Well, richardvague.com, richardvague.com, or paradoxofdebt.com, and we'd love to have you drop by. All right, everyone, be sure to go check out that content. Be sure to head to YouTube at Vincent A. Lancey for a video preview of this show. Now YouTube does podcasts, finally. So they gave me the great pleasure of having to replace all of the videos from a playlist to a podcast. Go check out some of my great guest content there. And the show is at That Entrepreneur Show on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until next episode, we are signing off from Philadelphia to Tampa. Thank you again, Richard. Talk soon. Thank you so much.